we understand the mental behind it. We understand. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have, my husband and I have, you know, the benefit to be able to say, we've been here. We know what we're talking about and teaching her how to communicate and learning about like her body and what hurts and what doesn't hurt and how to speak up for yourself. And like, Mm -hmm. you don't have these conversations with 10 year olds, like you You don't like I am with her. And so there's so many, I think benefits to her being able to find her voice and we're advocating for her to find her voice and teaching her how to communicate and understand eating properly and the mental side of things and what's a distraction and you know people wanting to be friends with you because you know like showing fake love almost and like bullies like there's just so many aspects to sports that you get this like sped up version of life you're listening to what's the lesson a podcast that inspires girls and those that love them to grow in their knowledge, skills, and abilities while working towards becoming the most confident version of themselves. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, once corporate leaders and entrepreneurs turned confidence coaches who are obsessed with raising the next generation of female leaders. We're the founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. We're here to give them the tools to be resilient, problem solvers, and to simply be good people. Everything we wish we had access to at their age. We'll be sitting down with versatile guests to talk about things like how to manage expectations, bounce back from failure, even strategies to break up with a toxic relationship. We want this community to lift one another up. So starting right now, you get to practice reaching your hand back and bringing other girls along for the ride. Let's go. What's going on? I almost said girls mentorship fam, which it is, but welcome back to What's the Lesson <laughs> fam, fam, our podcast fam. Um, sitting here with Jilly P, my beautiful co-host. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Oh, yeah. Freezing. It's like a cold day in Arizona. 70 in Arizona and we're freezing. Um, and we are. We're sitting across the screen from a great girlfriend of ours, Jade. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jade. Um, and we're all wrapped up in blankets. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's just one of those days. It's gloomy. It looks like it's going to rain. But, but it won't. It won't rain. It no, won't. it won't. It's just going to tease us a little bit. Yeah, like, it. yeah. Hey there. How's it going? <laughs> We're going to show you some dark clouds and then roll out. Be gloomy. (laughs) Be gloomy. And Jade, you're not from Arizona, are you? I'm not. I'm actually, well, I'm from all over. My family still lives in uh, Canada, in Calgary. And uh, my husband's from New Orleans. And I went to school in Mississippi. So I'm kind of all over. But we've been here 12 years and we love it. We're not leaving. That's amazing. I've been here about 13 years and I feel like a native at this point. Yeah. I also love it. Especially when you're when it's seventy and we're cold. That's oh, when you know you're a native. We really have anything to be complaining about. Like, shut <laughs> up. Oh my gosh! And <laughs> you came from Canada. I'm sure. No, like, well, it's, I don't like it. It's too- I, absolutely. Yeah, we came from Colorado, so I don't think the snow necessarily rivals mm-hmm. Canada, but we much, we understand. We're, we're warm weather girls now. Yeah, yeah, am, for sure. Yeah. Much like all the other women in our lives, Jade came through, um, came to us by way of our massive female network. I met you, I think, at a happy hour a couple years ago with another Canadian that we both know, um, Christina LaCure. You guys know one another because you golfed. Is that why you were in Mississippi? 
I, yes, that's why I was in Mississippi. I played uh, volleyball and golf on scholarship and that's in, at Ole Miss. And oh, I've known nice. Christina since even like junior golf days. So like little baby teenagers, we were friends and, and played together. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, do you still currently play for fun? No, I don't know how to do things for fun. Okay. <laughs> Either all or nothing. Competitively, Jill, as you know from my children. Totally. Um, that is not like it's not one one of those like riding a bike things. And so yeah. I can't just like go play for fun. It's so frustrating. My husband does drag me out a couple of times a year. I complain most of the time. Right. I'm like, you know, just give me three hundred dollars and I'll go buy new shoes. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why? I'd rather do that. Be frustrated. I just don't get it. I don't. Yeah. I don't get it. So I yeah. do. I mean, I love it. I miss it. But the reality of, you know, wanting to play well and having kids and a family and a business and all the things, it's like just not in the cards. So Absolutely. maybe when they're like gone out, ne- empty, we're empty nesters. We will yeah. like play as we get older, but absolutely. Well, you know what you, that's what, like, I admire that, that you know that about yourself. Yes. That it's not like a casual thing. It's still like, Hey, if you're going to drag me on this golf course, I'm I'm going to play. play. We're, we're betting (laughs) and I need to win or I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the I'm going to look cute. So I need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and no pun intended here, but you really teed us up perfectly. Um, exactly why we wanted to have you on the show. You have a great story. You and your husband are both collegiate and professional athletes or were professional athletes. You have three children who are stellar athletes in and of themselves. You also own a business currently called Bitch and Beads or Studio BB where you work um, with your mom to design jewelry. Uh, So there's just so many similarities, I think, between the mom that you are and a lot of the girls that we work with. Mm -hmm. So we thought it'd be a fun conversation to talk about, sure, your collegiate career, your professional career, and how that kind of spills over to your kids um, as far as like what sports they've chosen to play, how you would feel if they didn't play sports, things like that. Um, And then I want to talk about how it is to work with your mama because I feel like the girls that we mentor would totally poo-poo that idea. (laughs) However, time is a beautiful thing. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. You grow up and you grow apart Mm -hmm. and you get to grow back together. At least that's my experience. So obviously we just told the audience that you played collegiate golf at Ole Miss. What did your husband play? He was football and uh, football and track and then went on to play for the Titans for a little bit. And then ultimately ended up in Canada in the Canadian football league for, and we were there for five years. So we, we came full circle as well as we both kind of pursued our professional careers and things just were on the right track for us. Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting too being a collegiate athlete, but also playing professionally, like it being a part of your identity for so long. And that at one point you had to make the decision of like, do we keep going forward or do we pursue another passion? Or maybe we didn't even know what that looked like. Did you ever have that conversation or was it like, let's take a risk and figure it out as we go? Oh, you know, I think as an athlete, it's always a risk, right? Because you, you know, you know, well, life, it's like never, you never know what 
um, what is to be expected. And I think with golf, like I, I still had my, my business was still, was just starting up. I didn't really seek out to be a business, but it was my creative space where I put my energy at the end of the day. And so that sort of blossomed as my golf career sort of like plateaued maybe. And so it was a seamless transition where I was just like, you know what? It just, I wasn't able to put in the time or I didn't have the same feelings and emotions as I did. And I also knew very well what it would take to be at the top. And I just wasn't sure if that was like all the way in me, knowing that I had friends that were playing that honestly didn't know who they were. They didn't know what the next 10 years looked like. They, you know, had a car and a suitcase and that was it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be that. And so it just, it just evolved. I don't specifically remember like conversations or anything like that, but I do feel super fortunate that I had that to fall back on because I think so many people don't, their identity is their sports for their whole life. Mm -hmm. And my husband has colleagues and teammates that are the same thing. Once they're done their professional career, they yeah, don't they're they done. Know what to do with themselves. Yeah, they're in their late 20s yeah. or early 30s. And they're like, well, now who what? am I? My passion, I? Right? Mm-hmm. What's my passion? And so that's, I mean, and that's really segues into how important the work is that you guys are doing, showing, you know, women and girls that to explore other things and to, you know, figure out, because we do, we change, we don't know what that looks like. So I think it's pretty cool to have other outlets and supportive you know, friends and family that will support you no matter what that looks like. Yeah. Well, and we talk about that a lot as far as like goal setting, right? Of course, I'm sure as a collegiate athlete, you had goals as a professional athlete, there were major goals to hit. And we talk about those goals being important, but not the goal in and of itself. It's who you're becoming on the way to that goal, because those qualities, those characteristics, those tools are going to lead you to your next thing, right? Because in your business, I bet you are all the things that you were in your golf career, but those characteristics were an easy shift because your end goal wasn't wrapped up in the fact that you wanted to be a professional athlete for your whole life. And once that stopped, you lost your identity in that. Mm -hmm. Well, and it happens after you become a mom too. It's like, even now I could, I can't tell you goals. Like I struggle with this going to powerhouse. I get all fired up and I'm so excited and I get all these ideas, but I'm like, I don't have any really goals. Like now my goals are so focused and shifted on like my kids and keeping these little humans alive and healthy that I don't have the goals for myself that I used to, but I'm well aware of what that looks like of how to tap into those things and, you know, teaching that to the kids you know, how to reach them and strive for things that are outside of their reach right now currently. Oh, absolutely. I relate to that being a mother myself where you want to continue to develop your sense of self. You don't want your sense of self solely wrapped up into your family. And even though if it's not like a clear goal mm-hmm. um, around a business goal or a, whatever it is, yeah. them being able to watch you, my kids being able to watch me do something outside of the family is enough to show them that you can do right. certain things at the same time. You can prioritize things 
you can pri prioritize the the most important thing and that that's each other and then it can be your hobbies and talents and skills that you're really trying to to fine tune and i think that's really beautiful and you being the example of that for them that's i think that's the most important goal being a mother and especially cuz your kids are younger they're still they're in that phase where you really are caring for them a little bit more than if they were to be in the teenage right you know, teenage years yeah. well and something i want to call out like do you feel like you're making positive steps forward in your life as a mom as a business owner as a wife because from my perspective like your business is rocking your kids are healthy they're athletic they can go out there and totally smash on the football field and you're doing all that without pointed goals right so just the fact that you're present and you aren't just wearing the mom hat you're wearing several different hats and you're able to balance those things it doesn't mean you have to have these huge lofty goals in right. order to continue to move forward in Absolutely. all of those areas so many well, people get down on themselves for yeah that. i yeah. really do appreciate that mary because i i do struggle with like not having the big you know the big growth right the big the big goals and it is but you're right it's moving the needle although sometimes seems slow the reality is the priorities shift and change and they shift and change weekly and daily sometimes. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And so just realizing that that's okay. And recognizing the small wins that everyone's healthy and yes, the business is thriving. And so, right. You're right. I mean, that's ultimately, that is the goal. Yes. Right? I love it. How old are your kids? So Jaysha is 10 and the boys are seven. They'll be, everyone's in March. Everyone's birthday's in March. Awesome. Me too. Oh man, <laughs> let's March have a baby. <laughs> let's have a party. <laughs> and you have two seven-year-old twins. Yeah. They is their main sport football. Their main and only really sport is football. We tried. My dad played professional hockey actually to just add a little another layer to it. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I love it. It's like it's in there, but it's honestly, it's just so much, it's such a production, like the gear and all the stuff and the desert and the ice time. And I'm like, it's too much. You're seven. <laughs> yeah. Do well, they try hockey? Do they try? They try and they done it and they skate and stuff, but yeah. that one for like, and I say this cause my daughter is, you know, training a bazillion hours a month, a, a week, but I feel like if they did more, they'd be spread thin and they go. Yeah. yeah. So we're good. I don't feel like they are like missing out on anything because they're not playing right. you no know, multiple sports things like they're fine. Our backyard is like the Olympic training center for <laughs> anything you could possibly imagine. So it's like go outside, jump on the trampoline, go, yes. go swim, like do something here without having to like drag them all over the place and then eat in the car. And mm -hmm. well, no. and that's a nice reprieve for you. Yeah. yeah. One so sport. So dad played football. So I'm assuming there was like a connotation for the boys to play football, but was that something that they chose? Were they oh, very like, yeah. dad played, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it's just ingrained in them. Like they just, that's just what they, they play, and there's two of them, like it. go play catch together in the backyard. Like you don't need me. So I planned that nicely. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You did. Um, and then you, Jay, Jay Shah, yeah. your oldest is, yeah. I mean, new to gymnastics, relatively new to gymnastics. Yeah. And she is incredible. Will you talk a little bit about how she discovered that? 
Yeah. You hear that, sugar? Is she sitting there? Oh, she homeschools. So she's like in, we like, it's, we get to work together. That, yeah, you can come uh, say hi. Come say hi to mom's is, friends. That's so great. And we don't even know you. And we've seen so many of your gymnastics videos. Hi. You are incredible. Thank you. You're welcome. How old are you? 10. You're 10. 10. How long have you been doing gymnastics? Um, three years. Three years. Three years. Nice. And you're like at the top of the top, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you have a goal to go and be an Olympian? Yeah. What's your goal? What's your goal? Olympics and to get first all around. Yeah. That's incredible. I was a gymnast growing up. So I did, I started gymnastics when I was seven and then I, I stopped when I was in high school and it was my life. I know exactly what it, what you're going through training and all you do is eat, breathe, sleep, gymnastics. (laughs) So it's very cool. I love, love, love to see girls who are gymnasts because it reminds me of when I was your age and I just love that sport. I know what, I know what you have to do mentally. You have to be mentally strong because it's a tough sport. If you fall off the beam, you got to shake that off and get back on and try again, right? She's like, I don't fall off the beam. Yeah, she's like, I'm incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, it's so nice. We're going to have to come. We're going to have to come watch you. Oh, I agree. Right? Yeah. We're talking about goals and stuff like that like how it relates to mommy's business and you and when mommy played sports and now how we're sort of like, we have talks about goals and goal setting and things like that. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That is super Thanks cool. for popping on with yeah, us. Yeah, it was so nice to that meet you. Cool. Adorable. How did she find gymnastics? Was that something that just you guys stumbled upon? Was she into something else prior to that? Not really. So same with, like she was in like a little tots gymnastics when she was little like itty bitty before the boys were born or just when they were born. And it was like, I'm dragging twins to Uh, gymnastics, feeding them on the way. Like, what am I doing? And so we pulled her. So I'm like, this is, this is just, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, and when they're three, four, it was like, I'm not really into soccer. I'm not really like the soccer mom, like watch them all like run in the pod and (laughs) Like, I just, I don't get it, you know, and she's just not, she never was really into like the dancey, girly, frou-frou stuff. She was always a little bit like tomboy, um, cautiously like a daredevil, but not in a, not in a boy way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In a like girl process. Like if I climb on this, how will I get down? Whereas you're like, I'm going to climb this and I'm going to figure it out later. (laughs) (laughs) What? So, um, it wasn't until she was like seven that she started like, you know, doing her own cartwheels and figuring things out. So that's when we sort of, like, oh, let's look into this. And that there's not a whole lot of option for little girls, uh, you know, other than like dancing, like I said, soccer. So, right. um, so we just knew gymnastics. I did gymnastics as a little girl, but nothing like, nothing like this. So I, but also as an athlete, and my husband, we had these talks was like, we are not naive to this process of like, if she's good, what is this going to look like? Like, right. we know this is not like other sports. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had those conversations early on realizing like, okay, if we go down this path, 
what is this? We're in. Like? We're in, right? Because right. like, how do you be like, oh, by the way, no, I, we can't, we don't have the time or we don't have the money or we don't have the this or no, you can't. They're, they love You're it. Commit, it. Right. Yeah. So it just happened really quickly. And, you know, within months, she was teaching herself stuff and started watching film. And it's just like something I've never seen before in my life. She's so incredible. You, like the, her talent, like truly, I was, I was good, but watching her when I was, I'm like, I would, she, she's just incredibly gifted and advanced. And she is like, when you see a talent like that, you have to nurture it, especially if she's into it. Well, we're super careful and tread very lightly on, you know, in this realm because of we understand the mental behind it. We understand. Mm -hmm. And that's where we have, my husband and I have, you know, the benefit to be able to say, we've been here. We know what we're right. talking about and teaching her how to communicate and learning about like her body and what hurts and what doesn't hurt and how to speak up for yourself. And like, mm -hmm. you don't have these conversations with 10 year olds, like you just don't you know, like I am with her. And so there's so many, I think benefits to her being able to find her voice. And we're advocating for her to find her voice and teaching her how to communicate and understand eating properly and the mental side of things and what's a distraction and, you know, people wanting to be friends with you because, you know, like showing fake love almost and like bullies, like there's just so many aspects to sports that you get this like sped up version of life. Yeah. Well, and how lucky is she that her parents mm -hmm. have walked this path before her and are aware enough to have these conversations before a problem arises? Because if we can prepare our kids for the problems that are going to come up, because they're going to come up, mm -hmm. it's not an if, it's a when. Right. And they're going to be confident in the actions that they take that follow. They're going to be confident in how to approach the bully. They're going to be confident in how to maintain boundaries. They're going to be confident if something's not right and they need to say something, they're not going to be shy around that. They're not going to think they're going to get in trouble because you already took the time to have the conversation. And when we don't take time to have the conversations, that's when trouble arises. Mm -hmm. That's when we feel like hiding our feelings. That's when we feel like we're going to get in trouble because something wrong happened. So for her to have you two in her back pocket as she's traveling down this path is yeah. it's incredible it's Absolutely. super cool she's really set up for a trajectory if she mm -hmm. if she so should choose it to really put the pedal to the metal and that's cool right and that's what we talk about right as i said we we have this conversation with the kids often and with other people too my husband and i say like listen we won't we're never going to push you we're not going to be that the, you know we're not those parents we're intense. We work hard. We put our best foot forward. We do shit that we don't want to do all the time. Um, but if you're going to tell me your goals and write me little notes and quotes and, and, and you're telling me you have these big goals, like massive humongous goals, then we're going to do what we need to do to put you in the best possible position to be successful. Whether that means, you know, focusing on what you're putting in your body and, doing their, you know, cold therapy and massage therapy or, and the boys too, I mean, they get in the pool, they do cold therapy. Like they are understanding these tools to take care of yourself, your mind and your body at such a young age that I can't help but think of like what these conversations would have even done for us mm -hmm. when we were 
10, 12, 15, 18 years old. Absolutely. You know, so just the premise of our business. hundred <laughs> percent. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, wow. Just, I mean, we, yeah, put, putting them in the best possible positions to be successful, not just for sports, but in, in life to be prepared for things, you know, it's okay to be uncomfortable, obviously, right. But to learn how to communicate through it is the key. Well, and I just think, especially with what's happened with Simone Biles and her really being an advocate for mental health and all of these other things that have really come out of the USA Gymnastics um, organization, organization yeah. it's allowed not only gymnasts themselves to ask questions or to be open to understanding themselves, their, their bodies, their boundaries, their, their voice, et cetera, but also for parents to, to be able to be in a conversation that they might not have been in right. um, before. And it's just cool that you're, you have your finger on the pulse and whether, you know, your kids really excel, or maybe they might have some, some failures or setbacks, you're going to be there and prepared to guide them and help them get back to where they need to be to, to keep moving forward, whether it be in their sport or not. And, you know, listening to the controversy, I was like, honestly, I just like that broke my heart being a former gymnast. And, and also I was kind of like, it's, it's like, about it's about time. Yeah. Honestly, it's about time. I that too. It's like, you know, because it's always just, oh, well, this is how it's done, or this is the way it was. And I'm like, and right. Yeah. And exactly and why like, this, there's not one way to have, you know, an Olympic gold medalist. There's, it's just, that's the only way that you've done it thus far. And right in sports, in business, right. Just because that's the way it's always been done. Doesn't mean there's a better doesn't mean there's in a better or different way. It's just, we're such creatures of habit that we don't really like peel back those layers of like trying something different. Absolutely. And it's like, if you're going to go to the next level, you need to have as many people supporting you in fostering that talent and skill, whether it's your gymnastics coach and your mental coach and your personal trainer or whatever it is, it looks different now than it did. 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think that that's where, that's where it's so cool that my husband and I get to, you know, really play a role in that because, you know, last year, anyway, I mean, anywhere that's not, that's not able, we're not able to foster that. So we're lucky to be at a gym. Um, and we've really worked hard on the relationship with her coach to be able to be in the position that we're in, that we're, we're doing this together. Yes, it is a team. It's a well, team. And you have, you've said we this whole time, mm-hmm. which is cool because she's not facing this goal alone. You oh, know, it's, oh it's no. such a I reminder of that every single night. Right. It's you. like, take advantage of who you have in your corner because so many people don't have anybody in their corner that mm-hmm. even when on the days where it's like, mom, we're butting heads. I don't want to hear anything you have to say. It's still awesome that there's so much support. Yeah. For that goal. Mm-hmm. So speaking of mom, speaking of butting heads, um, <laughs> you, like I said, own a business. How long have you been in business? 20 years. That's incredible. That is incredible. I had no idea it was that long. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And very, very inspiring. 
Cool. So this little business, I say that in quotes, replaced your golf career. Basically, you said it was a pretty seamless transition. Will you tell a little bit more about what the business is and why you were inspired to start it? Yeah. So I've always been like loved making beads. I would make bracelets and team bracelets, you know, team building stuff for, you know, as I was little making, making stuff for my sports teams. And my mom was always super crafty as well. And she was like the best ever home mom. She didn't work like our lunches were on point and the dinners were amazing. And our freaking jeans were ironed. (laughs) Point, baby, wrinkly. She, you know, we were like put together. The house was perfection. And so that was like my, you know, upbringing where she was at everything. She took us to everything. We had like the, when we'd go play volleyball tournaments, like she'd pack lunches for the entire team in big coolers, like just, you know, taking us to our meets with like a truck full of kids blasting like music, like who does that? So she really, we've always been super close. And so the craftiness of both of us just sort of turned into something that we, we never set out to be, you know, in business. She took a bead making course at one of her little suppliers and they said, Oh, you should take this bead making class. She goes, I don't need any more in hobbies, like forget it. (laughs) I would love to do that. So she took the course and taught me and Um, you know, what we do is not something you just go to Michael's and buy a kit and string beads. Like we have oxygen contracts and propane tanks and like a big kiln for firing the beads. And so over years, it's totally evolved, but she has her studio set up in Canada and I have my studio set up here. And it's just over the years built by word of mouth. We are not business savvy at all, like zero business sense. I have a degree in psychology and minor Mm -hmm. in English you know, why didn't someone just be like, no business? Hello. Yes. That should be your only option. And <laughs> then figure it out later. Everybody but else in business too. It's to like, yeah. Business. And then once you do that, then figure it out. Like if they would have said, oh, you're taking psychology. You need to go back to school for seven more years after you graduate. I'd have been like, oh yeah, no, that's not for me. No, they don't tell you that. Right. So anyways, it's all just evolved based on word of mouth and having a creative outlet. That's incredible. So it's necklaces, it's bracelets, it's earrings. Have you and your mom been in business together for all 20 years or was this something? Okay. Well, it's all just evolved and ebbed and flowed together. That's amazing. What what would you say, like, who's your main client or what's your demographic? Do you work? Like I, I, when you said you used to make these for teams, I'm like, that's cool. Like, do you still do that or? Yeah. A li- yeah, a little bit. I mean, more when I was younger, it was more like, you know, singing, stringing those little like seed bead bracelets, or you remember like the thread or like gimp, those like mm-hmm. the like embroidery bracelets. Like, yeah. so I have, and I now teach the kids how to do those. So, so that's what I like, you know, did when I was younger. And now my demographic is like, I would say my mom's generation is our main demographic, but I've got, because we have price ranges all over the map and I've got really, I've got little girls that save their allowance and save up to buy a special piece from us on birthdays and, you know, special days. And I've got, you know, a 91 year old that's in a nursing home that wears like matching earrings, bracelet, necklace, like 
every day of the week. And so we really are all over the place and our customers, they're our friends. You know, we're so lucky to be able to create something and have relationships out of it. Mm -hmm. Well, and you do a great job of that. Your Facebook community is on fire. They, (laughs) every drop you guys have, like the comment section is just off the chart. So you do make very beautiful stuff. As a teenager, if you could take yourself back to that, could you have ever foreseen working with your mom? Um, I don't know that I would have like ruled it out. I certainly didn't ever think that this, that I would be like, this would be my business. Like I was so wrapped up in sports as a kid that I was going to coach. I was going to something like I couldn't see past that. Yeah. Um, But I think this ties back into what you guys do. I had an outlet. Mm-hmm, right. You know, so even if I had a bad day, you know, in the gym or had shot a bad round, I had a creative outlet to place to put my energy. And so for me, even now it's like, I don't want to go to the gym and work out. This is my sanctuary. This is where I get to put my creative energy and have this like me time. So that, you know, that all obviously ties back in, but I don't know that I, I don't, I don't remember thinking about it, yeah. you know, really like but I can't imagine not working with her either. Yeah, right. not, not anymore. Well, and my heart just sings when you say that, that when you were younger, you when, when you had a bad day, you got to come home and that was your sanctuary. Yeah. Nowadays, kids come home and they jump on a tablet or an iPhone right. or, and there's goods and bads, but also statistics show and research shows, especially for girls, if they jump on a social platform, they actually, once, once they're done scrolling, they feel much worse than how they started. So it's like, okay, if I'm already having a bad day and I jump on social media, I'm going to feel worse. So it's really interesting. And maybe this is just a request or allow parents who are listening to really get curious of mm-hmm. what are what what are your daughter's hobbies or talents outside of the things that she's doing right. whether it's school or a sport or a, a a club something it's what what else so when she's having a hard time doing that thing she has something else to fall on right yeah no that's so true because even with social media i think whatever it is we're looking for, we can find something to validate that. So (laughs) yes, no matter what the truth is in whether you feel bad about yourself, great about yourself, whatever it is, it's going to be validated the more you like dig. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, that's obviously scary in, you know, many situations and obviously, especially with young kids, but to have that outlet, I think is, is super important. And, and to be honest, you know, we say to the kids, like you guys have, have each other. So that's, that's huge. It's like the only thing that matters obviously is what's inside this house. And so when you have a bad day, it's go, go, go swim, go have a hot tub with your brother, go figure something out together. Yeah. So, so and they love to be creative and crafty and color and, and do things like that. So, I mean, we're not at that, like tablet social media age, but we're also instilling those tools of like, even when you have shitty days, the only thing that matters is what's inside yeah. this house. Yeah. And that's a strategy. That's totally. a tool. Totally. That yeah, is, I'm like, amen to right. that. 100%. I always say that to my kids too. Like, we are your wolf pack. 
right? <laughs> 100%. We're, we're your wolf pack. And yeah. if anybody else tries to, you know, try to in, shake, try you, to get into disrupt. our, to our space, they're mm -hmm. not a part of what we're creating here. So right. yeah, I think that's such a, an important call out and just like to reiterate that over and over and oh, I'm like, I don't care how many times I have to tell you that until it really sticks with yeah. you. Yeah. And then and making it that be the distraction of like, I think once they realize it, you like, there are like little light bulb moments and I'm like, oh, there it's working. So it, it <laughs> happened. Okay. We repeated ourselves enough. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. I think a lot of people think if we just say something once it's going to stick, mm -hmm. but if you know anything about advertising, your ideal clientele needs to see something that you put out there. I think the statistics, it went from like 13 to probably 25 touch points now. So it's like, consider your kids, your clientele, like you right. have to tell them something over and over and over and over until you're blue in the face and they're sick of hearing you, but they need those touch points in order for that to really sink in because those are the tools that they're going to lean on when they're older and they might not be in the house. Or they're like, Oh, mom, that, that like actually worked. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. You, say that again. You weren't born yesterday. Right. Crazy. Oh, See? that's incredible. You know, we do that with Jace, right? If you're having a bad day or we have like little trigger points that, you know, if, if she's having a tough day on beam. And so we have a routine of like, okay, what do you, what can you do? Like, you know, your coach is busy. You, I'm not in there to like hug you and tell you you're amazing. So what can we work through? And then when she comes home and is like, mom, I did that thing that we talked about and like it worked. And then I crushed it the rest of the practice. And then like, I mean, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm just trying to give you the tools and the outlets to realize there's another way mm -hmm. around this. I'm stuck. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The only way out is through. And yeah. if, if girls can learn that from a very young age and it's like, okay, maybe I, I tried that thing and it didn't work, but I tried that other thing that we talked about and it worked. Well, and we say often, sometimes the hardest shit is the best shit. It really is. It There's is. a lesson or a blessing in everything. And those failures, like we talked about earlier, are going to be the greatest teachers. Those 74 to zero losses. God, how did you respond to that? What well, kind of remember, teammate were you? Remember what that feels like. Come on. Mm -hmm. like, do you like this? Do you like this? Do you remember, remember what that feels like next time you lace up your shoes? You All want right. that again? Okay, then do something different. Yeah. Oof. Well, yeah. And, and speaking of lessons or blessings, the way that we like to wrap our conversations is by asking the question, what's been your biggest lesson? And maybe it's been your biggest lesson as a mother. Maybe it was your biggest lesson as an athlete. However you want to look at that question, you can answer what immediately popped up into your mind. You know, I think just so many full circle moments, even that we've talked about, right? Just, I think we are evolving and learning that it's okay to not be that person anymore. Or, you know, with the kids, like truly letting them be themselves. And we're just like here and we're a vehicle and we're all in it together. So there's just, there, there really are so many, and it just depends on the season that you're in of what tidbits that I, you know, take from it and whether it's with sports or with the kids, but just truly trying to be myself and I think Mary, you truly put a, like a little glimmer of light bulb in this morning when you said like, that is, that is the win, right? Like, yeah, just because you don't have your big goal or you're comparing to someone else, the win is 
you do have a successful business. You do have amazing, healthy kids that are happy. And so that's, I think just needs to be the reminder is what are the small wins? Oh, and that's so prevalent in today's day and age. You know, as much as things change, they do stay the same, but we do have this glaring social media thing where it's we're constantly keeping up with the Joneses and we we have literally no idea who the Joneses are. And if they've got that Range Rover on, you know, payment plans or they bought it with cash, like we're comparing ourselves to an illusion and we're killing ourselves doing it. And it's like we don't necessarily need to have these big, hairy, audacious goals in order to be happy, in order to keep moving the needle forward. And I you're just such a beautiful representation of that. You said that from the get go. You had no qualms with who you are and how you are operating life as a mom and a business owner. And I just I think more people need that reminder that they don't have to just you know, set these huge goals and then not meet them and then think of themselves as a failure because of it. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, and it's super easy to compare, right. But as long as you have good people around you that understand that, then you won't be trying to keep up with them because they'll be like cheering you on. They'll be like cheering you on the cheerleader in us all. Yes. (laughs) Jade, thank you so much. This was an I awesome, rich best. conversation. I know. I know it was an hour. Um, we'll put all the places people can find you in the show notes. So I know you're on Facebook um, sharing all the videos of your kids killing yeah. it in sports. I find so much joy watching those, just <laughs> so you're aware. And me too. Mary's like, oh my gosh, look at this. Look You've at this routine. <laughs> okay. And I don't, I mean, uh, people are always messaging, like, post more. I'm like, no, I'm trying to protect them. Stop. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll them. <laughs> and thank you for having strong boundaries. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being a stand for strong boundaries because that is your family and that is your family's livelihood. So you doing your best to be a mama bear now will serve them for the rest of their lives. I hope It'll, so. I hope they yeah. know that. Yeah. They yeah. will. Well, Especially even if they when, don't now, they will down the road. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, oh my gosh, my mom is like she she cares about my my reputation and that person who didn't ask for my permission that didn't make me feel good and now i you know it's like you you never know what can come from you right. exercising well, and we keep it real yeah, and, and, we do and having we keep those it boundaries. Real with the kids of like exactly. no this is actually 100% why i'm not doing like i just flat out say, say to jaisha i'm like like she's not like a 10 like she's like actually 20 um mentally so <laughs> yeah I very much like keep it real parenting around here. And I'm like, this is exactly why. Yeah. And I'll show you. See, remember how I told you why? This is why. Look at what happened. Look at what happened. Well, and you know what? I I tell you, and this is why Mary and I literally started this business was because we saw how capable our kids were. Our kids are. It's incredible. Yeah, we don't give them credit. We Mm -hmm. don't. So good. Keep it real. Keep keeping it real. Yeah. Because kids are going to learn that way. It's like, how how would you want to be communicated with? You don't, right? I would want to know from, I want her to know from me, not from, yeah. right now, like, not from the internet, oh. not from a random no. friend that knows little to nothing, yeah. less than she does. I agree. Mm-hmm. And we only have them for 18 years, right? You have them for 18 years and then they have to go out into the world. And live their right. life, right? You, you keep she, 18. What are you talking about? 25. <laughs> Never but they have to go live their life after that. And if we don't prepare them to live their life, then they're going to, you know, wind up spending thousands of dollars on therapy and on doing programs and figuring out why they're so messed up. And it's going to take them well into their 30s. Yep. 
But yay, we're like breaking the vortex. We're breaking the vortex. Yes, I love that you said vortex. We're signing out with that. (laughs) We are. We are empowering everyone listening to go break the The vortex. vortex. Jade, thank you so much. Seriously, great conversation. So great. Thanks for having me. Keep keep shining as bright as you are. You guys too. You're doing amazing work. And if I can support anyway, please holler. Oh, we'll be hollering. Okay, you guys, we'll see you on the next episode of What's the Lesson? Bye. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in with us. If you're looking for more, head over to girlsmentorship.com slash WTL for the show notes. And if you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one or all of the next three ways. One, by sharing this episode with a friend or on your social media. Two, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review. And three, by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We share ideas, we ask questions. So if you're interested, we've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Facebook in the show notes. Until next time, you guys, remember, the more you know, the better you do. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. (laughs) 